When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Make a quality product. Have a real purpose of what your product is. Don't deviate. Um, There will be plenty of times you'll be tempted. Don't take the bait. Stay true to your core. Don't take the bait. It's really easy. I always say greed gets into a person's blood they don't even know and it's there until it's too late. Don't take the bait. You know, take a breath, hesitate, and just do the right thing. Do the right thing. Stay with the quality product. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. Today we have a very special guest. It is our pleasure. Mark Werner from uh, from Ghostbed, one of our favorite sponsors in the world uh, and one that's been with us the longest now, I think, uh, which is which is also nice. Thanks for coming today. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, of course. So uh, and thank you for wearing your Ghostbed T-shirt. Oh yeah, well it's actually a really nice shirt. <laughs> it is a great shirt. Yeah, I hate when um, companies make promotional materials and the products suck. You know what and I mean? It's not. Right. Yeah, because no, then you don't want to wear it. We went to great effort to make a great T-shirt, and then Rich, who's our VP of marketing, who you mm-hmm. know, uh, said, you know, the new style. Because I'm older, so I thought like baggier was like cool. Right. It's like no, that's not cool. You're like the better thinner material, a little tighter fitting mm-hmm. is really what you want. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's do that. Well, people are starting to get in shape again, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we, we chatted a little bit about it before, um, before the show, but this, this is, um, citizens kind of different than some of the other stuff we've done before. Obviously, Drink It Bros is kind of a comedy show, but we talk about real issues a lot and have guests on and stuff. And then um, the previous show that was in this slot, American Party, you know, we talked about American politics from the position of somebody who doesn't really care about the left or right so much, but about, you know, doing what's best for the country. And over time, you know, I felt like... (sighs) it's there are a lot of people who feel like they're politically homeless because they're just tired of all the, the griping and bitching back and forth. And there hasn't really been a home for folks who just want to focus on principles and living a principled life and, you know, building the country back to where we want it to be from the ground up instead of trusting, you know, uh, uh, politicians, I guess, with who have an ax to grind to do that for us. Um, it seems like a big lift, but to be honest, the, any, any time, I mean, I think of it from the perspective of a football team or a baseball team. If I'm behind in the standings, a couple of games and I get to play the teams that are in front of me. Now my, I control my own destiny. So win or lose, I'm going to, it's going to, I'm not, I don't have to depend on somebody else to do this for me. It's going to be me and my team that decides how my future goes. And I think that's actually really empowering. Um, The ability to, you know, kind of keep everything else at arm's length and make good decisions at the lowest possible level that will benefit me, my family, my community and my country. So, you're you're a family. You you come from a family that has been very very successful at 
building good businesses that have stood the test of time and that also have very good reputations, not just with customers, but also the people that work for you. So for the audience, take us back to the beginning to Werner Ladders, which everybody knows what that is, uh, I would assume. If, if not, uh, actually, a lot of people might not know what it is, but if you look in your garage, you'll know what it is, right? Let me give you some history and sure. thank you for that yeah. that introduction. Um, and just one comment on the introduction, I would say, you know, look at the Chicago Cubs, 100 plus years, mm -hmm. and they were able to overcome and uh, win, win the World Series in once in certainly my lifetime being a fan <laughs> of Chicago. Um, you know, in my family, our family on both sides of my family have been in the United States for a long time. My mother's side's been here for hundreds of years, and her ancestors helped with the Revolutionary War and, and helped finance it and organize it and, and worked with, you know, the original parties that were, you know, trying to do stuff. So we have a lot of history in this country. My, my grandfather on, on my dad's side, um, generations later, turn of the century, was uh, the eldest of like 11 kids. He was uh, in a military guy. He was in World War One. And then he was in World War II. He was also a G-man, worked directly for uh, J. Edgar Hoover. And he started the, the Werner Company uh, 100 plus years ago that started very small. And his mission statement was nothing too fancy. It was just to make dinner money for his siblings. You know, so what do I have to do to, you know, just make enough money so we can eat because they were poor. Right. And that then moved forward and he worked multiple jobs because, you know, hundred years ago, when you're starting a business, it's a lemonade stand. It's, it's small mm -hmm. and it grew. And then my dad, um, who's now, thank God, still with us, almost 92 and his twin brother, oh, wow. um, came of, came of age and he has all his faculties and, uh, he, he's brilliant. He's my mentor. And um, he invented um, what became the aluminum uh, ladder. And so he invented the aluminum alloy, um, which was used today on the skin of uh, airplanes. So it's a very popular alloy, lightweight and really strong. And then he invented the aluminum step ladder and extension ladder known as the Werner ladder. And then he had to build the machines to make them because there were no machines to make them. So he had to do both sides of it. And, and he was a metallurgist. And then a few years later, um, AT&T, they used to call it Ma Bell, came to us and said, could you make a ladder that would be non-conductive, non-corrosive? Mm -hmm. And so then he invented fiberglass and the fiberglass ladder. So when you see ladders that are orange, yellow, blue, green, et cetera, those are fiberglass ladders. Mm -hmm. They're made out of fiberglass and called pultrusions, similar to aluminum extrusions, but you pull it instead of pushing it. And what's great is it's lightweight, it's super strong, and it's non-conductive. So you don't get electrocuted right. and you don't need two guys to lift it. So they started, you know, poor and they built this ladder company and over a hundred years, they became the largest ladder company in the world. And uh, I think the market share is 85%. So you don't have a lot of products with 85% market share. <laughs> A lot, right. It's like Google. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm proud of it. I'm, I wear my name with 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 great pride. And, you know, I don't know, there's a billion Werner ladders out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we take our namesake extremely seriously. We respect our name and what our ancestors did. And our family worked in a very humble fashion. Uh, my dad was in the military. His siblings were all in the military and they all lived a humble life. They didn't live large. They didn't drive fancy cars. They didn't live in big houses, even when they could. Um, they just kept reinvesting in the business for the next generation. And they all worked these 80-hour-a-week uh, work weeks and, you know, seven days a week kind of stuff. And being a family business, you're working together and you're living together and all that kind of stuff. And you have to get along. So it was a very... Um, harmonious kind of an approach. And we approached all of our people. We had 42 factories. Um, we had thousands and thousands of employees and we treated everyone like family. And we had multi-generations of employees that worked for us. Some worked in the plant, some worked in the office. It was great. And that was our culture. And we were what we call very uh, uh, management benevolent kind of style. So during hard times, during recessions, and we had plenty of recessions and the past 115 years, um, we had a policy not to lay people off. And so that was our culture. And we just we want people to work hard, do well and treat them well. And um, when employees were in the hospital, I remember my uncle, my grandfather's, et cetera, 
they'd sneak out and go visit them in the hospital, you know, and just see, see what they need to do to help them out. We um, started on the east coast of the United States and we gravitated to a small town in Pennsylvania called Greenville, PA. It's a little farm town. Um, there used to be big army bases there and a lot of railroad ties there. And so we were, the, the water tower said Werner on it and the road was literally Werner Road. Mm. So a lot of people uh, worked for Werner. So I lived in that surrounding area. I lived over in Youngstown, Ohio, which is 20, 20 minutes away from there. So that was kind of the start. And that's kind of how I got my training I grew up in the factory from the time I was in diapers. Um, we, we built a lot of factories. My dad was the guy that was doing the factory building. So we ended up uh, building a factory in Chicago in the 60s. My mother had four kids and she said to my dad, you know, I'm just, I'm not moving anymore. I got all these kids, I take care of them. And so you wanna build more factories, go ahead, you do that, et cetera. So that business got built up. Um, I worked there, but the rule was you had to work outside of the family business before you could, could qualify to work there right. to see if you made the cut. Um, so I worked for a, a, several places. I worked for uh, a bathroom scale company. And um, one of my claims to fame is I invented the digital bathroom scale. Um, and that was a fun project. My dad gave me a little bit of advice, but we transitioned from an analog to a digital bathroom scale. And then we changed the weighing mechanism to the strain gauge mm -hmm. uh, technology change the weighing mechanisms from just metal and springs to electronic measurements. So that was fun. And then I joined the family business and I was there for a long time and I worked in the factory. I worked in, in everything and I loved it. And I was always very involved in the polymer side of it. And um, which my dad, when I was his little lab assistant, when he invented the fiberglass. So that then allowed me when I started the um, nature sleep and ghost bed company 20, 22 years ago with my wife, to pioneer the whole memory foam pillows and mattresses and, and stuff like that from my experience with that. So we have, you know, really good family values. We, we value, you know, our, our name and making, you know, quality products and delivering a quality product and service to our customers and caring about it and caring about the reputation. And I think when your name's been out there on products for over a hundred years, you, you have a lot to care about and you take it really seriously. And, you know, you, you care about, your your environment and the people around you and your your communities and being a, a good citizen in that uh, way yeah i mean it's uh so one of our principles um is i will place virtue above commerce now i think this is a really good um people who follow this particular principle in business, it's a really good indicator. And typically this, the story is generally the same. Um, your, your story uh, will remind uh, listeners of the show of a, of a gentleman we had on a couple of years ago, Bill Foley. He's uh, fidelity insurance. He owns the Vegas golden Knights and some stuff like that. But sometime back in the eighties borrowed a bunch of money from his family uh, put, I, I believe he put some, his, he had, he was just coming out of the air force as a Jag officer, I believe. And his, uh, put a couple of his family members, his, his house. And I think his parents' house up for collateral and got a loan to buy fidelity insurance, uh, which turned out to, to be a pretty good investment by the way, but, um, same kind of thing. So he was one of the guys who instituted these policies where a certain portion of the company was set aside for equity for the employees um, to have uh, 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 people come in and wash the employees' cars in the middle of the week. So that, that like he he was one of the groundbreaking people on giving back to the employees and taking small things but annoying things off their plate during the week so that they can perform the best. And it's one thing I wanted to talk to you about today about placing virtue above commerce. Now, from an ethics standpoint making the welfare of your customers and your employees should be a priority. It makes sense. People, people often wonder, how do I give back to my community? How do I make my country better? Well, if you're a business owner, this is one of the primary ways you can do it, right? Is to make the welfare of your employees and your customers a priority. And the dichotomy of it is very interesting. So it's not just an ethical thing to do, but it also makes your business a lot better. Like it makes your business more robust because you, you know how it works in marketing. There's top of funnel marketing where 
people have heard of the type of product you sell, but they haven't heard of you. Then there's middle of funnel where they've heard of you, but they haven't had experience with your product. And there's bottom of funnel where they've, where they're ready to make a purchase. You know what I mean? Now the people towards the bottom of the funnel that, uh, the, the, we call those uh, firebrands, right? So they are the people who are most likely not only to buy your product, but to recommend it to other people. If you can make your employees firebrand marketers for your company, now you've really done something. So it's not just about quote unquote doing the right thing. It's also really smart business to behave this way. And it, it surprises me. It's one of the things that at, in the early days of Silicon Valley, they got extremely right, which is, you know, giving the employees as many benefits as you can. Now you guys and Fidelity Insurance with Bill Foley and a number of other companies extended that to not just your employees, but also to your customers. Um, and it always seems to come back to the same thing, which is strong family values. And I don't mean family values like they talk about in politics. I mean, the, the general sense that you're responsible for the people around you Right. And that when you, whenever you come into so, wealth or let's power, call, let's call that legitimate family. Values. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I, I agree with that. That's a, that's a legitimate, not, super, family. not superficial. Yeah. Legitimate correct. Family. Yeah. So, so you under, it, it's something that's deeply rooted into your character where you understand that you're responsible in everything you do, particularly when you're in a position of power or wealth, or even just opportunity to take care of the people around you, to share what you have with them, to make sure that everybody's taken care of. And you guys have done a really good, it's the reason that we've stayed with you guys for so long, because I don't know, like no other company other than Black Rifle Coffee that we've ever worked with does that. Well, you know, something I may have told you before, every time I hire someone, we hire someone, I say the same thing to every person. You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. We're not going to worry about the bad days because mm. we're all just human. We all have bad days. You know, the Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, they had bad days. They, you know, they were crying when they were little babies and their mother had to, you know, you know, deal with that mm. kind of thing. Um, they just got really successful. And so we know people are going to have bad days and bad moments and we're just human. So we you just work with it. So we just want to treat everyone fairly, acknowledge that, you know, everyone has a different position. We don't want any power to over usurp, you know, your, your, uh, someone else's role and just treat people fairly. And an expression my grandpa always said, and I, I love it, is that, and this isn't a greedy thing at all. This is um, a wholesome thing, is that profits follow quality, which means if you do the right thing over time, maybe not that week or that month, you'll be rewarded. The rewards don't have to be economic. You know, they could just be, you know, people like your product and they say that was great or people are really happy with your product. Your customers are happy. Your employees are happy. It's just, you know, do the right thing and rewards will follow. And, but rewards don't have to be economic. And if more people took that approach, we'd have better people, better products, happier people and a better society. Yeah, sure. I mean, so, uh, just to go back to the beginnings of Ghostbed, um, it's the early 2000s. You've had a couple of neck surgeries, and you begin to realize that you need to improve the quality of your bed and your pillow and things like that, right? It's This is how a lot right. of really great businesses start. Uh, so then you realize that your story is common. It's like, okay, cool. Let's start a business to solve this problem. That kind of empathetic understanding of what's going on in the world, especially around you for people who uh, have common problems is so important, not just in life. Like it's, it's important in life to be able to recognize that stuff and help people. But if you're a business, if you're a businessman, if you're, if you're somebody that's either in business or looking to get into it, it's, it's even more important, I think, because then you start to notice gaps in the marketplace where not only can you do better for yourself and your family, but you can also solve problems that are, that are affect, negatively affecting a lot of people's lives. And look, sleep is one of the most, it, this is one of the biggest problems that we have in America right now is get people getting good natural sleep. This episode of Citizen is brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned and operated company that supports America's military, law enforcement, and first responders get premium coffee delivered every month 
uh, choose your favorite roast. Uh, uh, that's the style you want it in, whether it's ground coffee, uh, whole bean coffee that you can grind yourself, or even coffee rounds that work with Keurig. <clears throat> and delivery schedule anytime you like. Uh, seven days, every 14 days, every 21, every 30, whatever you want, right? Members get free shipping. You get access to exclusive partner discounts uh, for all sorts of companies. And if you use the code CITIZEN, you're going to get 20% off your first order. Uh, they got all the best merch. You know about the shirts. You know about the coffee, the exclusive products. You know about the ECS, right? The exclusive coffee club, which is a premium coffee rated usually, I think, 90 points or higher. Uh, they've also got the RTD drinks, uh, the 200 milligram and the 300 milligram caffeine uh, uh, RTD drinks. They're the best. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the code CITIZEN to get 20% off your first order. Next up, ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros. Uh, just got the new the new mattress protector and the new uh, mattress uh, 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 cover. And I got to tell you, it's a really good it's a really good product. I, I, I haven't used one of these toppers before that was actually cooling. This is the first time. I don't know. I didn't know they even existed. I didn't know that you could do that. Apparently, it's the same technology that Ghostbed uses for their beds. Um, and not only is it soft as hell, but it's, again, it's cooling. It's Texas, 100 degrees here every day. So we love Ghostbed. They've been a loyal sponsor with Drinking Bros for over uh, five years now. Everybody raves about them. You can go check out. If you go to ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros, you can see the reviews from actual Drinking Bros who have bought this product. Um, every mattress has a 20-year warranty. Some even have 25 you can try it out for 101 nights. If you don't like it, you can send it back. No hard feelings. Again, one of our favorite parts about Ghostbed is that each mattress and the topper have cooling technology. So if you're like me and you get hot, sweaty at night, uh, especially here in Texas, these things are a lifesaver. Ghostbed also offers uh, bundle deals where you can get everything you need uh, from the base, the mattress, the pillows, the sheets, the entire bedroom suite. Uh, you don't even really have to think about it. Just choose from one of four of their mattresses. Then you pick the bundle. So whether uh, you need a mattress and a frame or you just want, you know, a mattress or you just want pillows or sheets or the topper or a weighted blanket, which they also have now, you can get the best bang for your buck. So right now, Ghostbed is offering 40% off on the Ghostbed bundles that we mentioned where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. Or you can get 30% off everything else if you use the code Bros at ghostbed.com forward slash Bros. Don't forget to check out the Zero Down uh, 0% financing plan they have for up to 60 months with approved credit. Uh, you can get a mattress and a full bedroom suite for like 30 to 40 bucks a month, something like that. So go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros and get that deal today. Uh, last up is a new product we've been working with called Fume. Uh, if you're somebody that's a current smoker and you're trying to stop, what Fume does for you is it gives you the hand-to-mouth habit routine uh, the oral fixation, for lack of a better phrase. Um, <clears throat> and it also gives you a nice uh, uh, a nice flavor. So it's not a vape or anything like that. It is, uh, uh, it, it's natural flavoring and oils, right? Like mint and other flavors like that. That is, it's, it's really this simple. If you're smoking right now, you're not doing yourself any favors, okay? That's why you got to check out Fume. What makes it unique is that it's a natural inhaler designed for better, safer, natural way to quit cigarettes. It's not smoke. It's not vape. Uh, there's no nicotine in it or any of that stuff. It replaces the hand-to-mouth habit. And uh, what, you, what you have, the product is a little uh, handcrafted wooden inhaler. And it uses cores infused with plant oil studied to curb cravings. So not only does it taste good, right? And there's no vapor, so you can use it anywhere, including inside. Uh, it is uh, uh, scientifically proven to work to help curb cravings. So they, they tailor the flavors around that. They have flavors like peppermint, uh, conquer. It's got minty notes uh, to simulate menthol cigarettes. Uh, other flavors like cozy chai is one of my favorites. Lemonberry bliss is one that Brittany likes for a sweeter experience. All their flavors are 100% natural. There's no weird chemicals in it. You're not going to have to go uh, onto Google and, and, and find out what kind of chemicals are in it or anything like that. There's no artificial flavors, and there's not even any nicotine in it. There's thousands of reviews, uh, so you can check out other people's experiences, and, and they're pretty pretty damn good. So quitting's tough. Fume can really help. Uh, they've got thousands of five-star reviews you can read. 
here's the offer. Whether you're a smoker now and you're trying to quit or you're an ex-smoker who continues to struggle with cravings or you just want to add it to your daily routine and have that hand-to-mouth habit and you think that's going to do something uh, positive for you, which is what I use it for, uh, Fume is the perfect tool for you. Head to breathefume.com forward slash citizen. Use the promo code citizen to save 10% off your entire order. That's 10% off your entire order when you head to breathefume.com forward slash citizen. That's B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M dot com slash citizen and use the code citizen today without question right i I started this business because i've had now three neck surgeries i couldn't find a pillow or mattress that worked for me i had the experience from the polymers from Mm -hmm. uh, learnings from my dad and the family business and how things were put together so i i kind of got enamored early on with this memory foam new material and started it and said to my wife, you know, let's go into the pillow and mattress business. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And also, um, we, the Werner company had a transaction. And so I was now kind of doing things on my own. And, um, I really wanted to replicate another family business, um, for my family unit, my wife, my kids. And that was super important to me. And I wanted to build the same kind of thing that grandpa had built, you know, the higher hundred years prior. So that's what, you know, kind of started it. But knowing the neck pain, the back pain, it's chronic and mm. probably half the country has back pain. Yep. Yeah, and, and Or they will at some point. So I can relate. So I'm not, it's not I'm like I'm a marketing guy trying to address a problem. I'm a, I have the real problem. I'm trying to come up with the solution and then figure out how to market it. Yeah. Because I really wasn't a marketing expert. Right. I also know, um, Dan, that like, like cooling, like people sleep warm. I sleep warm. So I, I speak for myself. I'm always warm. My wife's always cold. I'm always warm. So I've developed technologies with cooling stuff, like a patent on the cooling pillow that, you know, try to do everything we can to make the product cooler. So the pillow, the sheets, the protector, the mattress, et cetera. And, you know, that's gone a long way because I know over half the country sleeps warm and they don't want to sleep that way and they want to be comfortable. Everyone wants to sleep comfortably, right? Just the way mother nature wanted it to be. It doesn't matter what your status is in life. Everyone wants to sleep comfortably, you know, an elephant wants to sleep comfortably, you know, it's just the way we are. And, and it's very healthy to get quality sleep and you're a better, happier person the next day when that happens. And if you can do it night after night, you know, we'll have a better world. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so the business community in general, because of, you know, a lot of it is media and press, but a lot of it is, you know, either actual or perceived predatory behavior over the years, but businesses gets a bad rap very frequently. Um, but it's a huge part of this country. It's a huge part of any country, any economy. And I would say, I I like to say that, um, individual liberty and personal entrepreneurship are the ultimate inoculation to tyrannical bullshit. You know what I mean? If people are providing for themselves, this it's the entire theme of this show. And it isn't just about business. If you can provide the most possible, uh, stuff for you and your family and then your community, any bad actor that's, that's coming and seeking, uh, uh, power or is, or, or greed or any of that stuff, <clears throat> they're going to have a lot less opportunity to take advantage of your, you and your community. If you guys are doing stuff on your own. So right. it, free, it, free enterprise is important to a successful society. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're able, uh, again, I want to bring it back to this. If you're able to identify a problem that you have, particularly one that affects your health, but but just generally identify a problem that you have and do some research, maybe find out that it's affecting a lot of people, maybe most people, and you organize your business around providing good services and products that help people, now you've really done something. I can't think of anything more uh, 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 patriotic than that, to be honest, like you, you're, you're not only creating jobs and all this stuff, which help people stay alive, but you're also solving major problems in their lives. And I think that's a really important part of, of what it means to be a citizen in society. And these days with, (laughs) with the infrastructure that, that people like Amazon and Etsy provide to create products and ship products and, uh, stamps.com and some other, uh, organizations like that, where you can, like as an individual sitting at home right now, you can start a business, right? If you, if you, if you do the due diligence and find a problem in the marketplace and then 
reach out and meet the right people, you can start a very successful business right now without the barriers to entry that used to exist. Right. You don't have to have excessive amounts of capital. Right. Um, and you can, you can really start a business with little amount of capital and just some know-how and do some homework. And you can learn so much just from the internet and from Google mm. and researching stuff. That was uh, much more difficult 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, for sure. Well, definitely difficult in, in a hundred years ago when the Werner company started. <laughs> Very difficult. I'm not yeah. sure what internet existed back then. It's just the local library maybe, but even that didn't really have this kind of information. You just had to know the right people or have the temerity to go out and do things on your own. Uh, my, my grandfather, we saved his uh, diary and he used to keep his, his diary. And even when he was in the FBI, you know, just every little note. And after my mother passed a couple of years ago, um, my dad was just clearing out some stuff and we just reread some of his old diaries. And it was just, just amazing what you learned from how people behaved and kept track of their, their daily activities day in, day out, the analog way. Yeah, well, uh, maybe we should start doing that again. It seems like they had something figured out. Um, so I want to, uh, I want to shift over here to, um, placing virtue above commerce, which is one of our principles. You and your company have over the entirety, like the entire history of your company, um, gone out of your way to give back to specifically to people who serve our communities. So veterans, military members, first responders, nurses, teachers, things like that. Why, why was it important for you guys to do that? Because they're providing a service to so many people. And um, a lot of times they're, they're doing um, a thankless job. They're not really being thanked for, for their services, for educating kids, for working in hospitals, for protecting you know, our, our homeland, for protecting our, our communities. So we, we wanted to do things that would help that whole you know, community set to, to kind of give our thanks because we appreciate that. And you know, we have a lot of touch points with that and we respect that. Um, you know, society works by having all these different components um, mixed up in the soup. And so we wanted to just do whatever we can. You know, we also um, give a lot of stuff to um, battered women um, that, you know, are just, you know, under the thumb of some bad actor and their kids are under the thumb of it. And they, these organizations try to get them out of these bad houses and they have to hide them. And they need, uh, the first thing they need is mattresses, pillows and, and sheets they have nothing they leave with nothing so we have for at least 15 years been a main supplier in some of the locations we're in and i don't even want to say where they are because i don't want to give any hints out sure. um we just can consistently provide products to those organizations and i don't put anything on our website or anything i, I don't want any credit for it but i know i'm helping people um and that's important and they're at a really weak point in their life and I know they'll get better and they'll overcome that, that crisis. So we just do that. And we just think that's part of our duty. And, um, you know, just even with employees, you know, we, we try to compensate our people well and, and benefits and, and pay. We want them to be as good as possible. I always say, you know, we're, we're not greedy. You know, we care about the product. We care about people being happy. My buzz is when I read people's reviews and I'm, I see they're happy with my product. That's where I'm happy. I, I don't I don't need anything really besides that. You know, just the basics in life. It sounds a little contrary to a lot of business guys or fat cats or something like that. That's not Mark Werner. Um, you know, I, I'm a very humble kind of grounded kind of a guy. And I like to make new products, invent stuff, file for patents, get patents, and then get that product out in the marketplace, um, make someone happy. And it's simple things. I mean, like on our fitted sheet, we have that two inch elastic band all the way around. So that fitted sheet stays on your mattress. It doesn't pop off. I know before I was in this business, that fitted sheet on my mattress with my wife always popped off and I was the guy always having to fix it. And I'm like, you know, there's an easier way to fix this. You know, just invent around it. And, and that's what I've done. Um, new patent I was just granted by the government is our smart adjustable base. So now in the future with adjustables, when you snore, the, the adjustable base will, will come up and open up your, your passageway so you won't wake up your partner with a, the loud snoring. You'll sleep better. 
the partner will sleep better. And the government agreed with me and gave me a huge methods patent that took about five years in the making. So I'm really proud of that and to roll that out. So that improves people's lives and, and that's fine. Yeah. So it's one thing to say, uh, thank you for your service. It, it, it's something I've heard a lot as, you know, especially as a global war on terror veteran, um, you know, people, people say it a lot, but that's just, a, that's his words. It's platitude, right? That doesn't actually yeah. mean anything. So doing stuff is obviously a whole lot better. I just think a lot of people don't know what to do. There's a lot of motivation. You know, I, I tell people this a lot. When you see folks protesting and rioting or complaining about one thing or another, and you disagree with their methods or maybe even disagree with their particular point of view, it's still not a good idea to completely write that off because the only reason noise is being made is because there is a problem that needs to be solved. Now, if you want to uh, uh, <clears throat> dissuade bad behavior, solve the problem, right? That, that That's the best way to handle that situation. So uh, I like all the motivation. Like it's, we see the unrest as an intrinsically bad thing but we also it, – it's something that people – one of the big mistakes we've made in the medical community over the last 50 years or so is seeing pain as a bad thing instead of an indicator that there's a problem that needs to be fixed. So we just dumped opiates on people and created you know th these horrible conditions um, instead of realizing uh, or understanding pain for what it is which is an indicator that some, some attention needs to be paid to this. You know what I mean? And in the same way, I think – when we see these uh, the societal tumult, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, we see that as intrinsically bad. Like, oh, things must be really bad because people are unhappy. Like, well, no, I mean, sure, there's something wrong. And, and people being unhappy is a symptom of that. But that means now you know that something's wrong and you have the opportunity to fix it. That, that's, th this is a different kind of way of thinking about things that, that people don't seem to be able to get their minds around for some reason. I don't understand why. Right, and, and hopefully we can work towards compromise mm -hmm. as opposed to this binary you know one side and the other side because everyone's going to have their opinion if you can't develop some form of compromise you can't win everything um but we just we need to develop some compromise and then move forward and, and build from there yeah and for sure people have lost that compromise um ability um in the system we need to get back to it and it seems to be really echoed because there's so much media and there's so much in your face media and it's banging drums all the time, one way or the other. Um, and it gets a, a lot of people real riled up. So we need to try to resolve those things and develop some form of compromises. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a marketing ploy by the media, right? Because yeah. uh, sensationalism gets them more clicks and they're a business. So they're doing their marketing campaign. I would urge people to approach, that the same way you might approach talking to like a used car salesman, right? Yeah. Uh, they know their product isn't the best and they're trying to make it seem as good as possible. And you should meet that with curiosity, but also suspicion. You know what I mean? Like if somebody's trying to, con the harder somebody's trying to convince you of something, the more suspicious of them you should be. Now, right. I, I want to go back to this um, community thing. <clears throat> uh, you and your family's company and your company have really gone out of your way to, to, to help people and, and benefit people who serve the communities. Why don't you think, like you, you gave your answer for why, why you would do that. And what you're talking about is reinvesting in the infrastructure of this country. That's essentially what you're doing. By, like it's, we, we hear it all the time, but a, a rising tide lifts all boats. But it can be difficult in some regards to conceptualize what that actually looks like. This is what it actually looks like, taking care of employees, taking care of your customers and especially taking care of your customers who take care of our communities. Why don't you think more companies do that to a larger degree? I mean, you see veterans day sales, Memorial day sales, but rarely do you see companies who like yours have persistent years long discounts and other promotions geared directly towards these people who serve our communities. I don't understand why more people don't do it. I, I think most companies are just driven by profit. They're just driven by profit. And there's so many companies, if they're not public, they're, they might be private equity owned. And they're just driven by these numbers and these profit numbers. And they've just lost touch 
with running what a family business is and a, you know, a, a good guy type of a business. And there used to be lots of businesses like mine um, and the Werner company of years prior around that was the fabric of our country. But um, and I'm not going to pick on private equity, but I will go off a little bit here. Private equity has grown up in the last 40 years. It started with the uh, leverage buyouts, mm. um, you know, taking advantage. I don't want to say take advantage, but um, capitalizing on underutilized assets at businesses where Wall Street guys thought they could do it better and they could buy the assets and redeploy them. Kind of that that movie Wall Street, or mm. the original, you know, it was kind of the premise. And then that evolved into this private equity industry that didn't exist 45 years ago. And it has built into a multi-trillion dollar industry um, with tremendous firepower. These guys could spend the better part of $10 trillion in buying businesses. And so many businesses have been bought. It's very lucrative for that, that crowd in the private equity world. So they buy these businesses and what they want to do is cut costs, cut costs, get rid of people, keep your raise low, um, don't care about these external kind of projects because it's not driving to their bottom line. And that's kind of what's happened. And that's 40 years of that. And there's been consolidation after consolidation. So you have industries where there used to be 100 players, and now you have three players. And that's, but that's the reality of it. You have these oligopolies and duopolies. And, you know, so for a small guy, it's hard to compete in those kinds of things. And that's what's, you know, trans, trans shifted here in our world in the United States and really around the globe. So they don't have the interest other than that superficial, oh, we're doing this because we want to be perceived as good guys. Their intent in their heart is not to really do that. I'm sure there are some, you know, good guys out there, but there's not as many as what we used to have. And I think the profit motivation of private equity and the drive on that and the numbers and numbers is what's changed things. And being a 65 year old guy, I've watched this for a long time, Dan. You know, I, I started working when I was a little kid. I was, you know, in diapers, but I was five, six, eight years old working. And I've been working ever since with no regrets. Love it. And, you know, w when I pass, I'll be working. Um, that's for sure. And I'll be doing the right thing. And I also think part of my role as I'm older with more wisdom and learnings is mentoring. Mm. You know, the greatest thing I can do is everyone around me is to, you know, just talk and explain and coach all the time so they can, you know, get a little bit of that and, you know, be better people and, and live happier lives. And I think that's critical. Yeah, I agree you know, with I that. Think, I think older guys like me and, and doctors, you know, they, they, they're like wine. They, you know, they get better with age mm. and you know more, you know, so you, you got to share that wealth with the next generation. And, you know, you just got to, you know, you know, play it forward kind of a thing. I think that's critical. I think everyone should be doing that um, in, in all their different roles. Yeah, sure. Uh, it, it's the, the point you made about, um, about smaller companies going by the wayside. It's kind of a, it's one of the functions of society that happens. We, we kind of, it's Darian, it's natural evolution. Yeah. Yeah. It happens a lot, uh, where, you know, and it, and it, it particularly increases anytime there's, um, some kind of crisis. So over the last couple of years where mom and pop businesses weren't able to stay open, larger companies cannibalized their business. Right. Um, in a heart. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Amazon gets bigger every day and, every day. And, and, and local retailers kind of go the way of the Dodo. And I think it's a really interesting point you made. Cause you, we came out of the talking about, you know, ethical business in the community and things like that. A lack of competition is not only hurting us economically, meaning stagnant wages for employees and things like that, but it's also hurting us ethically because one of the things, if you're, if you're in competition um, and particularly in a Western market, Western as in, you know, the Western world on earth, you have to account for the quality of your product. You have to account for the distribution model. You have to account for the price. Obviously, you have to account for your customer service, but you also have to account for the quality of your brand, right? When I say the quality of your brand, I mean, what it, when people think about Ghostbed, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Usually, and you can tell this from the review, reviews on the website, they immediately associate it with all the work you've done for the community, right? That is 
one of the if you're if, if we're looking at stats on the back of a baseball card when somebody's making a decision about what kind of product they're going to support the ethical component is a big one for most people i think they don't people don't want to be associated with uh with bad actors or people who they feel like are predatory but as as the com- competitive market shrinks that's usually the first thing to go in my opinion like everybody tries to they they want to maximize efficiency maximize profit maximize market share and then you know if there's anything left over maybe we'll pay some attention to the community because it's not that's not part of the competitive balance anymore and it's it's you can really tell these days without question yeah um so one of the other things uh but i wouldn't underestimate you know really what's happened in the last 40 years with private equity consolidation mm-hmm. The, the loss of the the family farm type of a thing, the, the mon pod business, the, the family business, the distributor, they're gone. You know, there used to be distributors that distributed every kind of, of home related products, roofers, glazers, tile guys. That's Home Depot today. Mm. Hey, those, those businesses are gone. Um, they, they've all consolidated under these massive roofs. And, you know, I, I say, you know, who are your kids and your grandkids going to work for? Are they going to work in the in the warehouse at Amazon? Is that their aspirations? You know, and you know, have a programmed eight-hour day, um, w- whatever the rate is. So what? You know, if if you have all these mega companies, it's going to be more difficult for the person with that entrepreneurial juice that wants to do their own thing to do their own thing. Yep. Um, they can sell products that we, we talked before on the Amazon platform and do things like that. But you've got these giants you're going to be competing with all the time. And, you know, you, you can't get out of line with those guys because they have more money than God and they can stamp out anybody they want if they want to. So from your perspective, as somebody who comes from a lineage of small business that became very successful into a large business and then starting a large business of your own that started as a small business, what, what advice would you have for people who are looking to break that barrier to entry and get into business with some idea they have that benefits the community. What, what kind of advice do you have for somebody like that to uh, one begin and, and begin ethically and then stay ethical throughout this process with all the predatory behavior that's going on? You just make a quality product, have a real purpose of what your product is. Don't deviate. Um, there will be plenty of times you'll be tempted don't take the bait. Stay true to your core. Don't take the bait. It's really easy. I always say greed gets into a person's blood. They don't even know it's there until it's too late. Don't take the bait. You know, take a breath, hesitate, and just do the right thing. Do the right thing. Stay with the quality product. Treat people the proper way that you want to be treated. Treat people around you and your community the way you want to be treated. Don't deviate from that. And you'll just build like a rings around a tree. You'll just, you'll get stronger. You'll get better. You'll get wiser. People will respect you. Um, Your people will respect you. Your community will respect you. And you will become more successful. Don't take the shortcut. If you get lucky, God bless you. Mm -hmm. But just stay true to your values. Don't deviate, but don't take the bait. It's really easy to become cynical these days about it's very easy. Yeah, yeah. about a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I think that um not just in business but in life in general, with all the the media, you know, constantly pounding you, trying to manipulate you to hate everybody that's not you. The media is constantly doing that. Yeah. But even if you're in your little business, say you raise a little bit of money from some people, those people are looking for some kind of a return. So at first it's all lovey dovey, like, Oh, you're doing great, Dan blah, 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 year goes by, you know, where's that new product you're working on, that new widget? Oh, I'm almost there. Well, what do you mean you're almost there? Well, another month or so, another month goes by, it's not there. The pressure starts to build. And and the, those are the, those, those decisions that you have to, you know, really deal with and say, hey, investor guy, it's going to take a little bit longer than I thought, but I think it's really going to work out. And, you know, and here's why. And you, you got to stay true. Don't take that bait. Don't, don't cave in. Stay to your principles. Mm. You'll be better off for it. Sure, yeah. Uh, There's a lot of temptation of, of kind of doing the wrong thing out there. And we live in an immediate uh, gratification society. 
you know, I always say when McDonald's put the drive-through in, that changed everything. It was a, it, it it solidified immediate gratification, and then Amazon doubled down with Prime and two-day shipping and now one-day shipping. So people want everything immediately, and they have zero tolerance if you can't do it. So if you're a small business guy and you can't ship something in an hour, you're a loser. Right. No, you're not a loser, okay? You don't need that in an hour, whatever that is. I right. mean, give me a break. You know, get off that bad pattern. You know, that's just screwing up our society anyway by, you know, breaking the system down to get some bar of soap to somebody in an hour. Like you, you just realize you need a bar of soap. You don't have a, a backup one. Um, you know, it's just some crazy stuff that we're driving our systems in excess unnecessarily. Some of these things need to be rethought. Yeah, this is that's one of the the more interesting things about the modern business environment to me is that um, we haven't done a very good job as a community of defining the value proposition for small business, small family owned business. So uh, a statistic that most people aren't aware of is that when you spend a dollar and you're like at a local retailer, for example, that dollar typically multiplies seven times before it leaves the local economy. That means that if you go to the local hardware store and buy, or let's say you go to a local plumber and, and, and use a local plumber instead of some bigger company to do something, that plumber buys their materials from the local hardware store. And that hardware store buys, uh, they, they pay people to take care of their store, to build their store that are local. They, they get their source materials from another local company. So that dollar multiplies over and over inside of your own community instead of just going they out to They have lunch Amazon. in that local town. They got their hair cut in that Correct, local yes. town. Yep. And it just keeps going from there. It's, it's, it's on it's, average, it's 7 to 11 multiplier. So for every dollar you spend in your local economy, it's 7 to 11 times more that actually goes into the local economy just because of that. Now, we don't do, we haven't done a very good job of putting that up to people to make a choice. Do you want, do you want the convenience from Amazon, but allow them to have this amount of control over your life? Or do you want to wait a little bit longer and get a product where if, if something goes wrong, you can go directly to the person who actually made it Be like, Hey, can you help me out here? And and also, no one has control over your life at this point. You know what I mean? Like, you get to make more of your own decisions. It's it's the Ben Franklin warning, right? People who uh, surrender liberty temporarily for security deserve neither. Uh, I, I think that's a, big, that's a big thing. It's easy to conceptualize that in government where we don't want oppressive governments, you know, micromanaging our day-to-day -day lives. But for some reason, we never applied the same logic to corporations. Like we think that the more can you should be suspicious of things that are too convenient, right? Because right. there there is a trade off for that, and it's it may not be very obvious to you right now, but it will become very obvious to you at some point. It will when, when that company you were referring to, you know, is like uh, the only job in town for your grandkids because mm -hmm. they've bought up everything and they they're controlling the majority of industries. Yeah. And they're also paying uh, lobbyists to lobby on their behalf. So they don't have to do things like pay property taxes, such as Facebook and Google uh, don't pay any property taxes on the massive campuses. They have uh, things like that. Not that I'm a huge fan of taxes in the first place, but if we're all paying them, I kind of feel like big, you know, companies that have trillion dollar uh, uh, businesses should maybe be contributing to that as well. So that that's the that's the trade-off right it's you're surrendering the collective power of the community not just your own power but the collective power of the community you're surrendering that to a large business who as we've discussed uh whatever virtue they do have is typically a platitude and now we're now we're in trouble you know what i mean like now we're in trouble not only is it not only are those conditions bad but the barrier to entry is now set so high that it's difficult to unmake the problem that we've just made for ourselves. You know what I mean? It's difficult to fight back against that because that entity is so large. So large, so powerful, powerful in ways we can't even begin to comprehend. So <clears throat> I'll, I'll say this. It, it's, this all sounds negative, but 
I encourage people not to become cynical about it. Cynicism is poison. I mean, it, it's, it, it'll ruin everything that you're trying to do, uh, corrupts everything it touches. Um, so I feel like when people hear this kind of talk, you know, about business, um, and they see the same kind of ideas reflected in government politics. It's important to remember that, that it was like a lot of people want to blame these institutions for this, but the institutions were governed and voted on and allowed, most importantly allowed by us because we wanted some measure of convenience. I'm not, it's not my intent to blame people who are out there struggling for their, for their struggle, but it is our collective lack of effort over the past however many years that's led to this position. The good news is that we created it and we can uncreate it, right? Like it's, it's within our power to, to do this and it's not going to happen through voting. It's, it's definitely not going to happen through bitching on Twitter about it, right? Like hashtags are not going to solve this, but if you can fight the urge to either roll your eyes or throw your hands up in disgust and give up, then I, I, I feel like we're positioned right now. We have the most information of any society that has, has ever had. And there's a lot of infrastructure out there that came from some of these big businesses that you can still utilize to create your own stuff. And I, I'll, I'll, this is a challenge to the community. You, people are counting on you. Everybody is counting on you to go out and do better for yourself and do better for your community. Not for you to become cynical, not for you to become uh, disillusioned with what's going on in the country. You are the cure for this problem. Each one of you individually is the cure for this problem as a group, right? Well, I think the the SMB, the small, medium-sized business, Mm. all across the country, be it a hairdresser, a restaurant, a mattress guy, or a retailer, whatever it is, um, it's, it's in within our power and, you know, we're really the majority of the revenue to like a Facebook, the, the revenue they pull from the fortune 500 is small compared to what they pull from the SMB, mm. the small guy, because that's a cost effective way of kind of getting the word out there. And so it's, it's this community of SMB, small, medium sized businesses that can really make a difference and behave differently and make good product and get people that want to deal directly with the ghost beds of the world. Mm. Because there's plenty of ghost beds out there in, in all the different verticals. And that's, I think, one of the great strengths of our country and a great positive thing. And, you know, it just, it's just it's mentoring. It's doing the right stuff. It's making good product. It's caring. It's worrying about the long term and not the short term. And um, that's, those are the kind of, you know, functional, spiritual things that will drive us forward in a positive way. And you don't have to be cynical. There's always people talking shit, mm. you know, but that's just crap. They're just trying to get attention. That's just like the schoolyard bully. Yep. Who cares? Don't pay attention to that guy. Just move forward and do the right, right stuff. You'll, and you'll do just fine. Mm. And yep. also, I always say, like in life, I tell my kids and uh, other friends, you know, this, this happiness bar. You know, everyone always wants to be happy, 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 et cetera. Uh, uninebriated happy kind of thing. And I always tell people, just move the bar down a little bit, okay? Don't put it up there where you see the richest guy in the world and that somehow becomes a superficial bar or the, the prettiest celebrity or whatever. Just make the bar reasonable, okay? Make it more attainable. Get over that one and then go to the next one, okay? You know, we live in a great world here. And, you know, lots lots and lots of positive stuff. And people are just trying to take shots at our, our, great, our great country and stuff like that. And we can, we can move forward in a positive way. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's, and it's not only can we, but it's incumbent upon us to do that. Um, we have to. Yeah. It's maybe it's naive to think that way, but you know, the fact is we're the only people that can solve this problem. I'm reminded of a quote from Plato. He said, if you do not take interest in the affairs of your government, then you are doomed to live under the rule of fools. Um, I would say the same thing about business. If you're, if you are satisfied to deal with nothing but giant conglomerates all the time because of how convenient they are, then you will suffer the consequences of that. Right? So this is, if, if you're, uh, you know, 
a 65-year-old businessman that has wisdom to share. You better share it. If you're a if you're a 15-year-old kid that's, you know, an enterprising looking to start your own business or something like that, you better get out there and start it, right? And if you're a yeah. parent of one of those kids, you better help them because otherwise the the future that you've described where everybody works in an Amazon warehouse, that's coming. And I, that's it, coming. Yeah. And we don't want that. No. No. We don't want that. Certainly not. I mean, I I don't know I think we all that that's very dystopian, right? I mean, it's right, and, and I don't think Jeff Bezos wants that. I would hope not. not. Like, I don't he, think he wants that. if you're a smart businessman, you do not want to operate in an economy without competition because that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Competition is the best for everybody. Mm-hmm. It brings the best out of everybody. Yeah, the only thing. So when competition dies, now it's only compliance remains. You know what I mean? Because there's only going to be ultimately there will be categories of one as you said, just one product that exists. And if you try to make another product, the institutional power will try to push you out of that. And it becomes authoritarian at some point. And that's obviously not something that we're authoritarian. is not something that we're really comfortable with as a society. Uh, Not just America, but pretty much everybody is, is uh, finds a problem with that. That's why you see so many revolutions. Um, Uh, Again, I, I think it's important to remind people. You can look around at the state of the country and feel a certain way about that, and that's fine. But your reaction to things not going the right way shouldn't be to become cynical or to give up. Your reaction to that should be to stand your ground and come up with a plan to make it better. And I think that's Definitely. something. I think that's something that your. Uh, your uh, uh, ancestors definitely figured out, built one of the most successful companies in American history, and now you've built an extremely successful company as well. And along the way, you know, to, to prove the doubters wrong, who say you can't both run an ethical business and be extremely long-lasting and profitable, you've, your family has proven them wrong twice. You know what I mean? Twice. So Without question. It's, it's, if you're out there and you're thinking about starting a business – or if you're running a business now and you're running into these ethical issues, or you're uh, just a regular person who's trying to decide which businesses to give your money to, you should really start taking this kind of shit into consideration because it matters. It's it's this is the fertilizer for society, right? And and the seed for society. And depending on what you plant and how you fertilize it, that's what's going to grow. So you need to really think hard about what kind of society you want to live in. Um, and I think. You know, <clears throat> luckily, most people or more and more people are starting to come to that realization. Um, and you could tell, I think. I think I, th- I, I definitely believe so. I think we're there's back always going to be challenges and problems uh, throughout the, the ages. And, you know, you just you, you approach them, you navigate them and you, you move on to the next step. Absolutely. Uh, well, I, look, I, I really appreciate you coming today. This has been a really good show. I enjoy talking to you. You're a smart guy. Uh, obviously, we love your companies um, and uh, enjoy having you as a partner on our shows as well and on our network. Um, it's mutual. Yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Uh, if you have anything else to share with the with the audience here before we get out of here, uh, have at it. The only thing I like a John Adams quote that he used to say that you you earn trust in drips but you lose it in buckets. And, um, you know, I think it was true then hundreds of years ago. It's true today. Um, don't, don't whore yourself out do, do, do the right thing. Work hard, protect your, your honor and your integrity and your name and, and do the right thing. Don't take the short term approach on stuff. Play the long game. Hundred percent, I totally agree with that. Well, they, and there's unlimited opportunity for everybody. Sure, yeah. There's, there's no, yeah. For it's, everybody, everybody. There's, there's plenty for everybody to eat. I, I'll tell you what, we're not, what we're not going to stop doing. And this has been the case for the entirety of American history. We are going to consume things because we're like a, the the American spirit is very enterprising, and if you can build something that it that fits into the supply chain somewhere no matter what it is whether it's a a commodity or whether it's a service people will take advantage of it and you'll contribute to the fabric of american society it's that it's really that simple there are breakthrough products 
yet to be invented mm. that will be huge, just like the Apple phone and Google and things like mm. that, that are yet to be invented that some young person is going to invent that maybe they've been born already that's going to invent it. So there's just amazing things that are going to happen, you know, and to me, that's enormous hope and, and optimism. And I'm a, a very optimistic guy. Same. Uh, well, great. We appreciate you coming today. Uh, thank you for your time. My pleasure. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. This has been Citizen. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.